0: All right. This is the A. I'm Reg Clay and Norman G, uh, This is the A. Where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. We have a fantastic guest, a good friend of both of ours, Duran Garcia. What's up, man? Great news. It was so
1: funny when you mentioned having Duran. Like yeah. You know Duran Garcia? I'm like Shh. pretty much from almost the beginning of my theater career. Yes,
0: it looks like you have a long and lasting career here, Durand. Um, You are an actor. You're a fight. You're actor. You're a fight coordinator, and now you're a producer. You're uh, doing all sorts of cool stuff.
2: Yeah, I've had to transition into producing because of the um, the amount of small films that I've worked on. Most of them, I'd say about forty, independent and student productions, Mm -hmm. and they just. There was always mm-hmm. a disconnect between what they wanted to do and how to do it mm-hmm. with facility, uh-huh. you know, how to facilitate what they really wanted to do. So a lot of times, and, and, and people say this, when, when I was down in Definitely. L.A. Uh, doing my final quarter at John Paul the Great Catholic University for uh, film producing NBA and being in film producing, I would go to a thing called The Table, uh-huh. which is a meeting once a week, Six thirty in the evening, Thursday nights, and a lot of film professionals go there mm-hmm. uh, to this meeting at Marie Callender's on Ventura Boulevard,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they said just do it and do it for free. I mean, there was one guy that that made his first film on with a camera with that with, with a camera phone oh, phone, phone yeah. camera. Yeah. Nice, yeah. And but but does that really sell? Does that really? I mean, you, you get the credit, you, you get a, yeah. you know, yeah it's a notch on your on your gun, but... Yeah, but, but what uh, is, what is going to really
0: do in life, yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a lot of stuff that we can talk about. As I begin our uh, each podcast, how was your week, Norman? Uh, it's interesting. We're 2019. <laughs> yeah. Is no, this our I, first I, podcast? No, we've I, done no, another one. We did one. Yeah.
1: Um, but we've done at least one, yeah. 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 Um, no, it's, um uh, I was telling you as we were walking in that, uh, I went to a memorial last night. Oh, you did? For Rod Dibble. He had died at the end of 2017, yeah. and a year ago we did a memorial. Do you ever go to the alley,
0: Duran? Do I don't it's know the you said.
1: bar on, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was the pianist there for about 50 years. Wow. And so, um... You know, so we miss him. Was he a friend of yours? Or well, in that sense, I mean, I was I was going to the alley at least a couple of times a week. Yeah. I'd say on average, I was going. At least yeah, a couple he's times
0: sort of like the man. piano man. He's like you know oh. the last, you know, the last lineage of individuals who just go to a bar, just play the piano, and mm-hmm. people can gather around and sing.
1: Right as jukeboxes were coming in, piano bars were going away. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the era that he came up in, and. You know, it was pretty amazing. So, um, one of our, one of my friends had a little anniversary memorial, and it was it was very cool. So, that was a big part of my week. My week has been strange theater wise. I've done, I taught at Soda, um, I did a reading with Play Cafe. Um, the night before that, I did um, performance with um, Stage Bridge, of their new writers' works. Um, and I start rehearsals next week for Everyday Alice, so. You're busy. Yeah. We're yeah, busy. It, well, it's typical
0: Normandy, he's always busy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, and you went to Europe this year. Or was uh, it last, was year? Last, last year? last year. No, uh, now. Yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, in the fall. Oh. oh, and I also went and picked up the poster from uh, our show that we did in Paris. Um, the Lucia Berlin stories. Yeah, Lucia yeah, Berlin stories. Mm-hmm. There's a poster with just me on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) We did the show with all these boxes that, you know, they became everything. They became a bus, they, you know, an operating room. They became all these different things. And so there's one of them where the story starts, it's a bizarre little story. It starts on, it doesn't start on, it references a commute train in Connecticut. And so, we started off with the line of boxes on the diagonal, <coughs> and uh, for the photo shoot, we did that line of boxes on the diagonal with me sitting there reading the newspaper, and that was the photo they decided to use for the show. Very nice. And, um, Paris, so, mm-hmm. and France, and the mm-hmm. other places, <coughs> too, so. It was yeah.
0: good advertising for you. No, it was great, but
1: yeah, no, yeah. it's, um, oh, and today, I, after mm-hmm. we finish, I've got a photo shoot with
0: um, Ubuntu. Very nice. Yeah. I got a message from Richard Jennings saying, I've got to have the information for Norman G. So I gave him that information, so if he's hit you up.
1: Called me this morning. There you go. They're talking to me about Musical Cafe. I'm like, mm-hmm.
0: eh, okay.
3: Well,
1: I think they want okay. you as a director, right? No, no. As an actor. For okay. a singer. Oh, oh really?
0: really? No, well, hey, you sing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you sing <the> <laughs> <layout>. <laughs> I sing.
1: There you so, go. So did you go to the piano bar and sing? Last night after the memorial went to the piano bar. did not sing, Um, it was, uh, so the schedule, since Rod has left, the schedule has changed pretty drastically. Um, There's a couple of nights where it's a a guy on a guitar, Um, a couple of nights where this one guy has become sort of the primary um, pianist, and then Friday nights, it's this other guy, Jeff. Jeff, turns out, was was the pianist on Moondance. You know the song The Van Morrison too. Oh wow. Um, yes. Wow. Wow so, so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so he was in last night and the crowd was big and young and rowdy <laughs> and I couldn't get anywhere near the piano. Mm. And I was like, actually this is a sign that things are going on that you know yeah. it was funny, when Rod died, Rod had been in ill health for a couple of years and so this transition took time, it took months to kind of get these people <laughs> in place and get it settled. And um, so when he finally died, a bunch of regulars who hadn't been around coming around going, well, what's going to happen now that Rod's gone? And the ones, people like me who've been hanging around are like, it already happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I, there there I, is no I, void to be filled. Idea. That void has already been filled.
0: I, I take it the trend is, of course, Rod came at a time where you knew all of the standards, like the great American songbook. Yeah. Rodgers and Hammerstein, yeah. Rodgers and Hart, yeah. that sort of stuff. And an older generation grew up around that. Mm-hmm. Even me, a black guy. Gershwin, I mean, yeah. yeah, Gershwin. <laughs> a lot of the Frank's and tunes and Mel yes. Torme yeah. and Ella Fitzgerald and stuff. And I'm sure a new guy comes in and he's doing piano versions of, I don't know, Cardi B or Beyonce, or you know, whatever the fuck they're doing. Books some of that. Um,
1: but he's also these young kids, I mean, just like us. Yeah. You know, I went in thinking, oh, these were the songs they used to play on AM radio when I was a kid. Oh, sure. You know, they yeah. didn't play them on FM. <laughs> Almost no FM was playing anything like that. I'm sure that. a lot of Billy Joel and.
0: Um, well, so they are
1: doing stuff like that, but they're also doing the series, all the, the American songbook. Thing. Yeah. It's the whole range, and yeah. it's kind of gorgeous.
0: Yeah, cool. So, yeah. So theater-wise, um, for me, before we jump to current events, I got, so you remember Lisa Kong, the, yes. uh, the Asian playwright. So she wrote me, she offered me a job, and this is advice that I'll ask you on the air. So I'll just read it. I was, I, as you may recall, I was starting an environmental justice theater project last time I spoke to you. This has evolved into starting an echo theater company called Same Boat Theater Collective. Mm-hmm. We're putting together an application for Playgrounds, Innovator Incubator, to help new theater companies get a start. Zetta uh, <laughs> Portman, who we know, mm-hmm. uh, is in the collective, and she and I would love to have you on our advisory board. That's great. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So I basically said yes, but I've never been on an advisory board. I think you were on the Ubuntu advisory board, well, or maybe you still are.
1: No, I'm not on their board, but um, I've been on boards. I've been okay. on Ubuntu boards. It's every board is different mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. one of the needs of the people in the organization, sure. you know, like for example, if somebody is financially savvy, mm-hmm. then they don't need you to come in and, and talk to them about that, or you can simply talk about it and they can go execute. But sometimes, when you don't have that person on your board or you mm-hmm. don't have that person in the organization, a board member will step in for that. So, every organization is different, in that yeah. Way. What I love about it as a member is you can decide what it is you want to bring to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's the, and I'll talk more about it because I did say yes, and I was like, wow, this is interesting. It's one of those things where you step, you do one theater project, and I'm sure, Duran, you can attest to this as well. You do one theater thing, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call or an email or a message saying, hey, you were in this thing. Right. Can you help us in that thing? And, you know, when we began doing the EA I had no idea where it would lead to and right. how many doors it would open, how many people would come into our lives, mm-hmm. and where that would go. Right. And it's, it's been fantastic, and so this is one of those things. So I'll talk more about the same boat, theater collective. I know it's something Lisa Kong is passionate about. Right. When you think about the environmental things that are happening, mm-hmm. um, like one thing I'm passionate about environmentally-wise is dumping, you know, at the um, – th- there are um, – it happened at Bayview, uh, Hunter's Point, where – you have companies that will dump their refuse or they'll mm-hmm. dump their excess stuff right. in black communities right. saying, well, you know, black people won't care.
1: Right.
0: Uh, that's something that, you know, and of course, there's still Flint, Michigan, the water. They right. still can yeah. drink the water. Really? Is yeah. It still,
1: oh. it, it's in process. They are replacing pipes. They got finally got <clears> funding and throat> they're throat> replacing pipes. But that takes time. Yeah. And um, I heard an interview about this last week. Uh, the mayor um and she was saying, or I assume she was the mayor, they, they were interviewing this woman, and mm. she clearly was the person trying to answer what was going on and how is it happening. They're going to go house to house to do testing.
0: Mm. Yeah. So even once Good, they get yeah. new
1: pipes in, they're like, we want to make sure that yeah. we're not just sending you mm. know, clean water into bad pipes. So.
0: Right, right, exactly. So so yeah, I'll talk more about that. Let's jump into current events. Um, so... It is now official. We are the the government shutdown. It's the longest day in American history. He's done it again. We are done. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is what he means by making America great again. You know, It's it's absolutely amazing. And I've had plenty of friends, I've talked about this, where I used to be a government employee, a federal government employee, when I lived in D.C. Basically contract work. And uh, I've had friends of mine not get paid during the Clinton administration when there was a furlough and a shutdown. And now I'm seeing news in like in the New York Times and the Washington Post, people who right. have had to take out loans from banks right. because they thought they would get a paycheck and they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just hitting people really, really hard. Yeah. Across yeah. the country. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, it's kind of like holding people hostage. Yeah. exactly yeah. what it is. And then
0: forcing yeah. people to work. Like, I didn't think it would affect me, but I did my taxes uh, this week.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they were like, we're not even going to process this until the last week of January. Right. If then. Right, Because Why? those are federal government employees. Right. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what
2: happens. Yeah, how are you going to get the? How are you going to process taxes? Yeah. Where, how are you going to get the money into the government? Well, they yeah, just, what if they be. just,
1: they finally voted to to fund something. And I don't, I'm not sure if it was the IRS... Pelosi. Yeah. He, he he is playing chicken with the wrong person. Yeah. And so her strategy is brilliant. First, they came out with that big bill. Mm-hmm. Then she broke it out. So every day they pass something. They pass something for the farmers. They pass the IRS. They pass um, the one, the funding for. Um, SNAP, you know, the food programs yeah. for kids. And they say, we pass this, this resolution will pay for this so that kids don't go hungry. Mm-hmm. We pass this so that farmers can get paid. We yeah. pass this so that your taxes can be processed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just did that every day yeah. last week. Now, when you
0: say they pass, it passes the House, but it does be accepted by the Senate and signed by the President, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, no, I think it's legislation that just goes through the House and goes to the President. Okay. I think that's you know they, they pick stuff that is their sure you know that's their yeah. responsibility and they have that power okay um, and so they mm-hmm. and so they're purposely passing these bills mm-hmm. knowing that it's just putting pressure on him but it also makes the uh, Republicans look bad
0: exactly they're not going to say hey listen we're doing the best we can and Mitch McConnell left town right and people are pissed off at that they're yeah. like hey, wow you left town yeah. and you leave leaving ice in the dirt they were going to give um, bonuses. Right. to, you know, certain folks until people put that, put you know, mm-hmm. made that into a chip. So there's that. Um, oh, I didn't talk about this. Uh, Centoya Brown released on probation after 15 years in prison. we talked about mean, this. We didn't talk about it. it I guess, idea. okay, but well, there's I, R. Kelly. I don't know, we, you know, we can de- hit that. So that documentary What's is now. great as the
1: documentary is now, um, is now pump, you know, fueling right. pump for, um, for well, these investigations. Problem.
0: Exactly. Something that should have happened. Well, he was prosecuted a long time ago. Right. You know who R. Kelly is, don't you, Duran? Um, I do not. Yeah. He's a black dude who ha- is a uh, R&B superstar.
1: supposed to be uh, the, the top of the r and yeah. charts.
0: Ah. But he... Um, r. Kelly, you said? R. Kelly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now he has a harem of young girls that he's been recruiting Staying in his house and basically, you know, right, sexually abusing them, mm-hmm. but a lot of them don't claim to be victims. But I think that's changing now right. because folks who have gotten out of there, the women that have left R. Kelly, mm-hmm. are now talking. As a matter of fact, this week, his daughter Aiden came out against him, called oh. him a monster. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that so would, that's that's. Yeah, that was, it was uh,
2: Yahoo News. It was yeah. all
0: over that. Forever. Yeah. Uh, Trump's primetime speech. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Oh, uh, that was uh, uh, a uh, interesting. But
1: over by... Like everybody I, else, no, I fell asleep. I was on the fence about whether or not I was going to listen to yeah. it. I fell asleep before mm-hmm. it came on. All of a sudden, there's a knock on my door. The boy yeah. comes in. Did you listen to the speech? Wow. Yeah. He's That's, 17, right? Yeah, he'll be 17 next month. Okay. And he... Came in and we had like a a serious discussion Mm. about this. It was weak. It was stupid. But they were really lame, he says, talking about Pelosi (laughs) and Schumer. Okay. And I was like, because that's the first thing. I watched their, I didn't even watch this thing. I watched their response. It was weak. And then I saw the um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez interview earlier in the day. Oh my God, she was on fire. She was so good. And so I was like, "Well, I better go ahead and watch him." So I watched it, and you know, it's dumb, it's lame. He did a really good job of sounding sane. So that's what my son responded to. And in fact, like we talked about the wall, and he's like, "Well, but I mean, we do need a wall." I was like, "Oh my God, we we have a wall. There, there are barriers. There's stuff that's not the big issue.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, this is this is a distraction. This yeah. Is, if you really care about immigration." If you Mm -hmm. really care about border security, there's so many other things that would
0: be so much more helpful Mm -hmm. than wall. Yeah. But at least he's talking about it and he's interested in it. I mean, he's 17, 16 years old. I mean, how deep can you get into what the details are? It was amazing.
1: And the fact that he was coming to talk to me about it, it was like, Yeah, that's, that's a good gift. That's a gift. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was surprising. And then Mara was out and she came home and I told her and she'd like marched into his room and suddenly he's like, Why are you yelling at me? Yelling. <laughs> well, because he's like, No, you can't really believe this. And I was like, Oh,
0: oh okay. okay.
1: Of course you can. A lot of the country does. Yeah. You need to, I mean, somebody called her on yelling. She dialed it down a little mm-hmm. bit and they actually had a nice discussion. I'm like, yeah. oh, Wow.
0: I'm down to hear what you think, Duran, about just this whole thing. I mean, you're a Latino American. Does it hit you personally? I mean, when you hear, you know, Trump talking about not not so much personally, but
2: having lived in in Los Angeles and, and living here all my life, um, what, where, I, where I was living the last few few months was in around uh, the Pico Union Union and Pico Boulevard, mm-hmm. and. Um, I have seldom lived in such a Latino place. Yeah, even the Koreans were speaking Spanish. Wow! So um, it was it was a great experience. However, most of, most most people who um, are Latino would say that the border crossed us. Right. Yeah. I've, I've met a lot of people who don't understand why, um, or, or they don't even think. Well, it's San Jose. Mm-hmm. San Jose, it's not Saint Joseph. Yeah.
3: Right.
2: It's not Saint Louis. Right. So, it, 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 oddly enough, if you if you look at the way the, the United States b- before it became the United States, part of it was Louisiana Purchase. That's and Another right. part of it was because all Latino, Latino. Was yeah. was all owned by Spain. Yeah. And So you had yeah. these two Catholic countries owning half the country, mm-hmm. and I've often thought, well, okay, well, why didn't God let the Catholics take over? They had allegiance to a king, mm-hmm. and if you if you look at the Old Testament, it, it's the prophets were saying, "King, not such a good idea." Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, he's going to lord it over you. He's going to enslave you, you know, and you'll you'll be sorry. Yeah. And they said, "Yeah, let's have a king anyway." But the pilgrims and the people who came over. Granted, they, they, you know like the Puritans shut down theater yeah. in, in mm-hmm. London. Right. They were the ones that they wanted women off the stage. You right. know that didn't happen in Spain. Mm-hmm. The women were still on the stage, but um, nevertheless, uh, the idea of freedom yeah. without a king, mm-hmm. so that there you know there didn't have to be um, a religion to mitigate the power of the king the reason that Henry VIII broke with the church was because he wanted all the power. Right. And he wanted to lead, the, uh, you know, to lead the church and to to, to marry and have children. Right. You know, and, and then the, he didn't realize that he was the one that was impotent. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, so we see that over and over again, uh, in, you know, in, in communism. We see it in, in uh, to- other totalitarian uh Ideologies that the people want all the control, and they want religious control, and they want civil control.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas this is not happening here in this country. We're, we're keeping that distance and that difference, so church right. and state. Yeah, so yeah. far, and that will be ideal, mm-hmm. you know. And that, that's the reason I, I came to the conclusion that okay, that's why Louisiana Purchase is gone, mm-hmm. and you know. But nevertheless, it did. What it did do, it was it did alienate. I'll, I'll, I mean, my family's been here for 200 years, uh-huh. so from 1775, 1776, oh, uh-huh. my family's been here. Yeah. yeah, you know, from the founding of San Francisco, the founding of San Jose. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: um, and there was a hundred. A hundred families or so that came mm-hmm. right. from from yeah. Mexico. I yeah. thought we were on a boat. We weren't. We walked. No, 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 <laughs> <they> walked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we walked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the we did expedition. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, and I'm still friends with Barista, who also came. Mm. He he. His family moved in right next door, across the street, yeah. where I was living. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and, I, and I appreciate that And I'll just touch on a little bit of history But James Polk uh, In I believe 1844 Was the one who initiated uh, Manifest Destiny and the Mexican War right. And even you know then People recognized this is a land grab This has nothing to do with Manifest yeah. Destiny Very similar to Donald Trump Donald Trump says oh we have a crisis We talked about this on the podcast a couple of episodes ago right. I just don't believe it's a crisis I think it's something that was created for political purposes. Yeah.
2: Well, th- I think there's a, there's a fine line between understanding that there are people who do have criminal records that are escaping the law mm-hmm. in Mexico <laughs> or wherever, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get out of Dodge, and they come to the United States. And by the same token, there are terrorists who also want to do the same thing. Um, now, I am, I am not necessarily for the wall, but there are other ways of vetting people who right. do cross. Yeah. You know? And, they, they, I mean, it's, it's thousands of miles. So mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very difficult to police. But I don't think, it, as we see and, we, and if we've seen in, in, in Chula Vista and other places, uh, people just dig underneath the wall. Right. It's, it right. And, and if you're a cartel, if, you, if you're a drug dealer, you've got lots of money and you can hire yeah. people to do that. So yeah, it's not a right. deal. You know, and, and or or, or you're just going to fly them in. Yeah, you, you could fly, fly them in. Them. You, you, yeah. you could traffic them
0: in, yeah, in, yeah. in in many in many assorted ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I read a news report that a lot of the drugs that come in or people that come in, they don't come in via the wall. No, they come, they come in on, come on airplanes, airplanes and they come in no. on ships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the people who yeah. are really being punished are not so much the criminals, but individuals who are just trying to get a job. A lot of them yeah. work at Burger King,
2: yeah. you know, yeah. or work yeah.
0: in the fields for don't you know, two bucks right. an hour, something
2: yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's one of the, well, I think one of the big misnomers is that, you know, oh, well, well yeah, immigrants from Latin America, they're, they're taking all the good jobs. No, they're not. They're doing the jobs that you don't want to do. Right. They're right. the Why ones not? that are d- doing the dishwashing, the cleaning the
1: toilets, um, or even a lot of con- uh, construction, contracting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, these folks are just getting picked up, and
0: yeah, and we've even prosecuted individuals who contract illegal immigrants and don't pay them because yes. they know well, that, that happens I to a lot. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I ran into that when I was working at the soup kitchen. Um, you know, a, a lot of the guys that we were serving that um, were probably here illegally, mm-hmm. um, but they would come yeah. in to eat, you know, right. get, get soup at, at St. Martin the House of Hospitality, and they tell me stories about oh yeah, this guy a former police officer. He's in construction now, and he hired us, and then he didn't pay us. Yeah. Or yeah. he yeah. Us yeah. half of what they did. Yeah. Do, you know, yeah. You know. so, so, that, so that
1: kind of thing happens. And, yeah. and, and that that's why even if we prosecuted yeah. these employers, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Man, exactly. Would, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that would stop. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I totally – and there's one last thing that I'll get into. Um, the meteorologist, uh, Jer- Jeremy Capel. Uh, this is the meteorologist who was fired for saying Martin Luther Coon instead of King. Did you hear about this? No, I did not. So it's become a big thing. Where was this? So this is a weatherman. Yeah. A weatherman, I believe this was in um, maybe Minneapolis. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, wow. But in any case, he jumped on the yeah. air, and I guess he was just doing his regular thing. He's talking about a boulevard, Martin Luther King. Yeah. There's, all, there's a Martin Luther King boulevard everywhere. Everywhere, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And instead of saying Dr. Martin Luther King, he said Dr. Martin Luther Kuhn. And he was immediately fired, and it became a big, bond, you know, it's right. on CNN and a bunch of right. other things. And I guess the question was, well, did he really mean it? Can you really be a racist, or can God. you not be a racist and say racist things? Like a whoops, oops. I, I don't know how you whoops that one. <laughs> but yeah. That just slid <laughs> out of your mouth? Just no. Just
1: accidentally? Coon, I mean, King. Right, true. <laughs> you no, know, I hadn't heard that one. But we yeah. seem to be having more and more of these things where just an instant reaction. It's like, oh, do not let social media pick this up. You know, companies yeah. immediately are like, no, yeah. nope, no, not
0: us. And, I mean, it's interesting. Like, Louis C.K. is is actively trying to get back into the, yeah, the business. You know, oh and, and it's like, whoops, I made a mistake. Okay, let me, you know, right. relax for a right. little bit and then I'll try to jump back in. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of that happening. We Kevin
1: Spacey that right
0: week. When well, you saw his uh, controversial video he put out a video basically it was very strange where he uh, was cooking and he was um, he was in his character his um, house of cards character oh. and it was like he was almost denying everything that was happening he was basically saying well you know they want to take me out but they know they can't take me out or whatever It was very bizarre. Wow. it was not apologetic at all uh-huh. and uh, it, just like Louis C.K. Louis C.K. was controversial because he had did this skit I mean uh, so the controversy was also who were the producers that allowed him to do the comedy sketch right. instead of saying no you can't do that because of the mm-hmm. sexual harassment thing. Right. I mean whipping out your thing right. and <laughs> jacking off in front of somebody uh-huh. that's pretty bold yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh-huh. Um, but And he was unapologetic at all, and he was sort of making fun of of the the children at Stoneman Douglas, Mm -hmm. the the shooting victims. And it was like, wow, that's very – so there's some psychological things going on with these folks. I mean, even um, um, Cosby, before he uh, was prosecuted – I mean, before he was convicted, had this very denial, and I'm going to perform anyway, and I just don't care. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, and there it is.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, it's not, we're not, it's not, we haven't seen the end of it. What I love is we keep seeing these pronouncements that the Me Too thing is, it's a fad, and it's past its date, and it's like, no, 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 it was the beginning of something, and now Mm -hmm. we're seeing it become policy.
0: Yeah.
1: And and social norm. Yeah. For us to say, no, that's not cool, and no, you Mm -hmm. can't do that.
0: Yeah. And and it should never
1: even have have come to that point. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the whole I,
2: I think that w- the taking liberties with other people's bodies as a fight guy, yeah, as a, right. as a fight coordinator, that, yeah, I have I have written out of a whole page of how you deal with sex scenes, mm-hmm. and I was at at UC Davis and we w- we were doing Wojciech. Yeah. and in check there's there's like this rape, right, and I did not choreograph it, but I had to re-choreograph it based on. The uh, the original choreography done back east, uh-huh. and I had to do a special paper for all the young kids, mm-hmm. saying, this is, you know we're gonna do a rape scene and this is how you deport yourself, mm-hmm. no improvisation, right, <laughs> and we're going to talk through it and we're going to ask questions, and if anybody's uncomfortable with anything say something. Mm-hmm. And this, this should, I mean, across the board, anybody that gets touched, in, in my business, I touch people all the time because I have to move an arm, I move a leg. Sometimes a little bit, you know, not, so, not necessarily legs, but, <laughs> 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 but definitely, you know, raise your arm a little bit because you have to block the, the, the incoming, right. you know, blow, whatever it is, whether it's from a sword or from a toaster oven, you know, you
0: have to
2: know what you're doing and, yeah. and, and not get hurt. Yeah, exactly. And, and not hurt other
0: people. And that's a wonderful transition into what you do. I'll just say this. There are a lot of individuals, men, who come from an old mentality of, hey, this is the way I've always acted. Why are people telling me what to do or whatever? Right. And the transition to the new normal, which should have been normal already. Right. It, mm-hmm. Respect people. Respect everyone. Right. It's a hard transition for some folks. Yeah. Right. And you can either go along with the times or be, you know, pushed out. Well, I, mean, I, I think
2: I, I think the, the, the idea that we've seen so much um, in the media now of, mm-hmm. of, of you know, racist talk, we, which you just mentioned, yeah. you know, the, the, that weatherman, yeah. the meteorologist. I, if we do not, as a people, as a country, as human beings, mm-hmm. uh, understand the sanctity of the individual – Then this is going to continue, you know. The the racist comments are going to continue. The 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 uh, inappropriate behavior, the inappropriate sexual behavior, because we don't take seriously the fact that every human being is sacred,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and Mm -hmm. therefore we treat them with dignity and respect. Because we're all equal in dignity. (laughs) Are we all equal? No. Mm -hmm. You know, you're stronger than I am. He can beat me up, you know. This this woman can, can dance like nobody's business, and run circles around me in that that, that area. Mm-hmm. So we're not all equal, but we're all equal in dignity, and
0: we're all equal in sanctity. Absolutely, everyone should think that way. Yeah. So says the wonderful uh, Duran Garcia, fight coordinator, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actor, producer. How did how did the two of you know each other? Because when I mentioned uh, uh, Norman that Duran was coming on, you're like, oh yeah, I know Duran. I'm like. You guys know each other. Oh, we've known (laughs) each other for a
1: long time. Yeah, I I don't think I met you. You weren't at State when I was at State. Um, If I was,
2: I was in a different department. Yeah. I might have been. I was there in the
1: 70s, and I was there again in in the... uh, I was there in the late 80s. Okay. And um, I came out of that and started to mix in the theater scene, so I got in touch with you. You know, I came in in touch with you pretty quickly after that. So when you were talking about Latino theater, it was like, uh, yeah, I remember when... Like when Luis Orpeza was pushing... Yes. Yeah. You know, and you know, there were... I don't know, we just started... It might have been through the African-American Shakespeare Company. It might have been through African-American Shakes. It might have been through...
2: Well, we did Asian jockey in our midst. Yeah. And And that that would have been later, though. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, African-American Shakes, I met um, the incredible um, Sherry Young in 94. Uh Uh-huh. And... I just fell in love with her. And plus, she was doing exactly what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. for Latinos, which was to put people of color in classical plays. Mm -hmm. And that was very difficult to do. I mean, sure, there was a couple of Latinos at at Cal Shakes and, you know, here and there in Berkeley Rap and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, some sort of tokenism over at ACT. But there was always a struggle, you know, in places like that. So... um, for for Sherry to come and do what she wanted to do, fresh out of ACT and an MFA mm-hmm. program, uh, just really pulled on my heartstrings, and I, you know, so I got involved with her, mm-hmm. and I helped her as much as I could. In mm-hmm. fact, I walked her into, you know, meetings with, you know, foundations that had had funded some of the things that I was doing, mm-hmm. and uh, they ended up funding African American Shakes, and. Um, I, I told her who did w- – you know, uh, when we did – when Luminalius did uh, A Midsummer Night's, Nights, Nights Dream. Or in, or yeah. we So we did Midsummer Night's Dream at Intersection, which was right. at that time in the mission. Yep. Um, and, and then uh, we did it again at Center for the Arts in Buena Gardens. Right. And right after that, I said, Sherry, sure, you got to go talk to Center for the Arts. And I told her who to talk to. And next thing you know, boom,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they did the next – um, her company.
1: Uh-huh.
2: They yeah, did the next show. Wow. Why don't you tell us an origin
0: story? How did you get into theater?
2: The nuns at St. Monica's Grammar School. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there are going to be two actors and they mentioned me and they mentioned one of the... I, I didn't know from acting. Yeah. You are, you born, are you born and raised here? St. Monica's in, in San Francisco. Is it? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're a native. You're a native Yes. Yeah. Of the Bay. Yes. Yeah. What rare. Because everyone's a transplant,
0: and yeah. So ones. many of
2: us are transplants, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the church got you involved,
2: kind of, sort of, you know. And then, and, 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 and when I went to Sacred Heart High School, there was only at that time they could only get together like two perf- two plays in the four years that I was there, mm-hmm. and I was in both of them, and I had the lead in the, in the last year. I had the lead. I don't think it was very good, but mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to judge yourself when you, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you it was, four was? Yeah, it was a mousetrap. Oh, mouse. Agatha Christie, the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun, and that's from that was where I learned to ask. Mm-hmm. So what what I did was they said we well, we need skis. Well, what do you do? And I think the brother said, "Well, well go ask somebody that is a sporting goods store."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I did. I walked into a sporting goods store, or somebody, mm-hmm. and I walked out with skis. <laughs> the, you know that, that they were letting us use right. for free yes you know because somebody had to come in with it over the shoulder right, right. yeah and that's how the Marriott uh, when, when we were doing a a, a midsummer Night's dream uh-huh. the Marriott sprung for they hosted uh-huh. our opening night uh-huh. party uh-huh. and uh, and um, so we're at the party, and they're hosting it, and they get this big spread of Mexican food, and there was a, you know, free bar and everything. Hmm. And John Calacci sitting there, and the other people, in there saying, "Durant, how did you do this?" Because mm-hmm. they, they had, n- had never been done." Right. I asked. There you go. <laughs> and he said yes. Now, consequently, I you know subsequently I asked a couple of the other. Hotels later on, yeah, right. you know, down the d- down the road, and they said no,
3: yeah, they, they all
2: said no, yeah. So the, the Marriott they get yeah. they get points for that for being incredible,
0: yeah. Mm. But that's that's a great story of how theater is collaborative, and you know, all you need to do is just you know outreach, There's, you know,
2: yeah. And and they did it, you know, the Marriott did it for. Um, for Luminarius, mm-hmm. that's how we came up with the name. Is that we had to come up with a name because, yeah. because Joey didn't have a name for us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Joey Ponce was my, my partner. in mm-hmm. um, it was actually his idea to do a Midsummer Night Stream, yeah. and then um, I told I should I call this
0: gentleman who's running the Marriott? Yeah. Uh-huh. And she did. Yeah. So we, we had uh, Richard Talavera on, and we were talking about Richard off mic. Mm-hmm. About Latino theater and how there's not a lot of Latino theater in the Bay Area anymore, but you came at a time where there was. Actually, we well, talked about Teatro de la Esperanza.
2: Esperanza um, wasn't the first, but we um, they definitely
3: energized
2: the situation here mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, There was a company that was associated, I believe, with UC Berkeley back in the 70s, and that was on its way out Mm -hmm. when um, uh, I was doing Ears Magazine in the 70s, in the -hmm. the, the, the late 60s. Unfortunately, there really hasn't been a lot. There there was one... um, there's one theater in, in San Jose, and they have that,
1: um, right. that, that the Me- Mexican Heritage Plaza. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah.
2: And so that's happening, but before then, it was Esperanza and Catch's Catch Can companies, mm-hmm. you know. But Esperanza opened the remodeled um, Mission Cultural Center. Uh, Richard Nexus was one of the spearheads of, of getting the cultural centers going mm-hmm. in the, in the, in um, in the San Francisco, along with the Neighborhood Arts Program,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so that that's why we have uh, the, the cultural centers that we have today. Mm-hmm. And there is you know strong Latino theater going on, um, LATC, down in in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Louise. Uh, Valdez, just oh, closed. The with, is, yeah. yeah, they just closed a play down oh, in yes. L.A. Mm-hmm. at the I think I forget what the name of the theater is, but one of the larger theaters. It was in L.A.T.C. though, Because okay. oh, right. um, they were doing a different show, and I, I wasn't able to see it because of the demands of of the program. The yeah. The, the yeah. Oh God. MBA program is killer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's right. I, I yeah. Did s- I, one of the, the major the major theater company that I work with um, w- was was at the Ator Esperanza. we did the very f- uh, first, their inaugural production, which also opened the, the um, Mission Cultural Center, uh-huh. reopened it. Yes, re- yes. Re- reopened it. And uh, I was very lucky to, to be part of that. And
1: was that Elka Was that? Uh, lotería, Lotería. oh uh, yeah, lotería.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the, the whole name of the the mm-hmm. company. I didn't remember it. The Pasionas. the Pasionas. lotería de Pasiones. Okay. De pasiones. Uh-huh. De pasiones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. lottery uh-huh. of passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but uh, you you've acted, um, <clears throat> you've acted, you've done, you've been a fight coordinator. You and I know each other from Off Broadway West. Yes, with the Harders. Yes. Yeah, ahead well, of Gobbler, right? Yes, it, and that's it, right. It, and I see a poster right there. You that, see it? Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and that was that was um, the lead actress was uh, C- uh, Cecily,
0: um, Cecilia Pompec. Cecilia Cecilia Pompdeck. Yeah. yeah. We had her. And she she sat and she talked about um, balancing acting and motherhood or whatever. But I believe it was gun work. We had, I had to buy. It's funny. So as a stage manager, you're talking about you know just asking and you know like getting props and all that sort of stuff. I remember when I was a stage manager in the '80s. Uh, this is while, while wow. I was going to school in New York. It was easy getting props and things. Like I had to get like a horse saddle,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: I just went to the stable in you know in New York and got one. And I remember as a kid. I don't know if you remember this, Norman, but um, it was easy to get popguns. Like, uh, oh like, yeah. like you know, like like you know, like in the '70s. You'd get, uh, oh, like, like, a, a little a toy gun. gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a cap mm-hmm. gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it would look like a real gun. It was actually sort of made of steel or whatever. Right. And you could put little red caps in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, of yeah. course, they don't sell them anymore because, I guess, it can. It, people have been using them for robberies or whatever. It's hard, very, very hard, to get a replica gun. Uh-huh. You have to go to certain places. Mm-hmm. So I had to do that for Hedda Goblin as a stage manager. And managed to do that, and they were, like, uh, real blanks. And we brought you in on, on Durand. To just help us in you know, yeah yeah well, doing it correctly
2: that that's why we have de- um, weapons of choice say, yes. and I also have a you know a, a cache of guns that I rent out
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, they're all non guns even even the ones that have uh, muzzle yeah, flashes they stuff have like no that.
0: no capability of firing
2: they don't they don't they can't um, in order for them to qualify uh, as non guns they cannot load real real um, cartridges. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can't have a real round in any they won't fit, right. you know, gotcha. and then they can't be they can't be fired. Yeah, there's no way they can be fired. Yeah. Hard yeah. to make that mistake if you can't even exactly even. right. 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 Can't be be. I have one with a big ball bearing in the barrel, so that mm-hmm. it doesn't even load blanks.
0: Now. Yeah, Norman, have you had to deal with gun work at all?
1: Barely, thankfully. Yeah. and usually yeah. with somebody who is qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love those people. I mean, I use I use a lot of those techniques in teaching because. You know, it's like you come in and you see it, and like you said, we grew up with them. There were guns everywhere. Mm -hmm. There were toy guns everywhere. Um, So the impulse to grab it and play with it is is strong. But when somebody brings them in and lays them out and says, "These are no one is to touch these, but the actor who's designated to play with it or play with it to use it, yeah, um, or if somebody is designated to set it up." That person sets it up. You only touch it when it's time to touch it. You don't mess with it otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, I. it's great because it gets your students to start thinking about what it is they're doing and be very intentional mm-hmm. ra- rather than just sort of grabbing at something or just running on, you know, swords. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People want to pick up swords and play with them.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like
1: that is – there's a reason that you know. people used to carry big hunks of steel and, and swing them at each other. Yeah. You and do uh, damage real easily. Right.
2: The sword is always loaded.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. The sword is always loaded. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, blunted down. Right. Yeah. You know, qualifying yeah. stage combat swords, you know, they're, they're not sharp. Yeah. But they're always loaded.
0: Ta- tell me about, because there's a discipline. There's a discipline in, in dealing with guns, like what you're talking about, Norman, and also guns, and also in just physical training. Talk to us about the training that you've had as a flight coordinator, and also the discipline of handling these, you know, weapons or whatever. Um, because, you know, theater, we think about theater as far as just playing and having fun and exploring, but there's a discipline you must have. Right. And you've had training. Talk to yeah, us about yeah. that.
2: I, I, I studied with uh, Gregory Hoffman, as um, he, he's a, 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 a fight director for Society American Fight Directors, and now he started, I guess, a few years back in the 90s, he started uh, Dueling Arts International, mm-hmm. which many of my colleagues are part of. And he's trained a lot, a lot of people all over the world and all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And I trained with him for years from... I started out working with um, J.R. Beardsley, who was a fight master. He was the first one I I trained with. And then I trained with Gregory from about 92 on to about 1998. I did not take a course then. Then I took another course in 99. 2000, I went to Stanford where Gregory was teaching. And we did a special uh, course for fight directors. Mm -hmm. And WOC came in showed us how to use the guns yeah i subsequently studied and got a license to um, to uh, uh, provide guns for movies mm-hmm. so i had an entertainment firearms permit
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you have to be a, you know have to be qualified for that i mean it's the same qualification that anyone who wears a, a sidearm you know anyone who's in security, they have to know exactly what you were, you were discussing, Robert. About nobody touches this stuff. And you mm-hmm. never draw a gun unless you're going to use it. You always point it in a safe direction. Mm-hmm. Not only did I did I did I become licensed, but I also did my own research because I was teaching it, uh-huh. and I got all this information off the internet from firearms professionals who. who who do entertainment firearms, Mm -hmm. you know, provide entertainment firearms. And that's now a Mm three-page handout that Mm -hmm. I give to my actors and the people that I teach on how, you know, how you approach firearms for theater, how you approach firearms for film. Mm -hmm. They're basically the same. You were saying, yeah, nobody touches these. You, you hand it back to the, the designated person as right. soon as you come off stage. Mm-hmm. You know you don't fight with a loaded gun. Right. And there was an interesting story because I studied with Alan Sutoff, who basically he wrote the book. He's a fight master back east. He wrote the book um, about fight directing, mm. which all of us have these <coughs> fight directors. And so I've studied for like for many many years. I went back east also to study uh, to teach mm-hmm. uh, stage combat. Uh, I studied in Illinois for that for two weeks, a big two-week, you know, like a 80-hour intensive. Very intensive. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a killer. Um, yeah. And I also studied, uh, I went to Northern uh, North Carolina and studied with civil fight masters mm-hmm. uh, doing violence for film, you know, mm-hmm. learning about violence for film and how to do, like, simple things like, you know, falling, you know, five or ten feet into, you know, crash pad and... Mm-hmm. How do, you, how do you approach whipping and stuff like that? Anyway, so that's partly of my background. I've been mm-hmm. studying for years and years and years. Yeah. And I continued to study. I think the last course I took was in '09, But I also studied with Tony Vela, who is one of the top stunt guys here in the Bay Area. And he does a workshop for stunt coordinators and, and, and for stunt actors. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to learn about stunt acting, you would go to Tony Vella or you would go to... David Boucher school up in Washington. Okay. And David Boucher school is very intense. It's also another f- 40 week, a 40 hour um, I guess it's 80 hour two weeks. Mm, two weeks. Mm. Two weeks and you learn everything. You learn driving cars and how to skid and your high falls from second story windows wow. how to do stair falls oh. all that stuff. And also there's an extra week or two weeks in uh, wire work. So yeah. you can also learn how to do wire work yeah. up there with um with David Boucher,
1: and he "What does what wire work really mean?" And well, you have, you're you're uh, suspended. Oh, oh wow! Okay. You back you yeah, know, well, pull, you right. know, yeah. Yeah. And then people Ooh. who do the spinning, you know,
2: wow. and all that wow. sort of stuff. Yeah. So that that you can learn how to do that, and yeah, uh, yeah the wire work is is pretty intense. Thing.
0: You know, it's amazing. And Duran, you and I are talking off mic. I've been involved in some theater projects where a director will be very careless as far as uh, just working with uh, violence, even slapping. Right. Um, I, so there was a, uh, I was involved in a group called the Gorilla Shakespeare Company, and we mm-hmm. did Othello. There's a poster right there. Mm-hmm. And one actor was um, oh, messing around. Yeah, Paul Santiago yep. and uh, Lauren Grace. Uh, I talked to Lauren Grace. Uh, she wants to be on the show, but she wants, she wants to see if she can do it via phone. So I have to see if uh, I can get that word out. She's a fantastic actress. Okay. Any case. There was an actor who was playing Iago, at least at the time before he was let go. Mm-hmm. And instead of working with the director, he worked with the actor sort of on his own time. Right. Hey, I've got this idea and, right. I'll, you know, let's mess around. So there was being physical. Right. And mm-hmm. so the director's like, okay, so let's do the scene. And they're doing it. It's uh, Iago. Cassio put the money in thy purse. It's a, sure. it's a basic yeah. scene, but they're doing some physical stuff. Right. The director got really upset. Hey, I didn't tell you to do that physical stuff, and fired the uh, the actor, uh-huh. by playing Iago. Yeah. I and he did it at a time where, you know, it's like, you know, Iago, that's a heavy, you know, yeah, just that's a heavy a script, script heavy. Yeah, you know, yeah that's, you know, that's
1: one of the, that's <laughs> the hugest, it's probably the biggest role yes. in the show. So we yeah, yeah. had to
0: scramble to find another Iago to, mm-hmm. you know, take that whole script. But I guess the whole premise of the story is you have an actor. Now, here's a question for you. Is it okay for actors, if you're a fight coordinator hired to work for a company, is it okay for actors to sort of work on their own time on physical stuff, or do you need to be there? Well, I have, I have handouts for that. I, mm-hmm. I
2: give my actors uh, coming in, I usually give them, not always, but usually I give them handouts yep. that describe, step by step, how you mm-hmm. go about designing a fight scene? I, I still well, have. I'm sure. a teen old kinsman. I still have the sheets you, oh, you gave yeah. us. Yeah, and how do you deport yourself with, with either swords or unarmed? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, it, I would say if if an actor does do that, they, we certainly can't control people, and and mm-hmm. um, especially if they're if they're not in rehearsal and they're set up their own rehearsals. But at least we can give them some tools to work with, and one of those those tools is to learn that you grab muscle masses when you grab people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The victim does the work. Right. This will save your life. Yeah, save your life. The victim does the work, and it can be. It needs to be applied in, on on every level because yes. people have really hurt themselves. That the the president of SAG, she was up in. Um, Toronto or Montreal or someplace in Canada and she had to be dragged downstairs She's dragged downstairs Ooh. by her hair or her uh, head or something right, yeah. and by the fifth take she was in her, her um, what, do you, what do you call it the 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 mobile uh, or her little area no, well, it was a um, you know one of those uh, trailer. trailers trailers yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was yeah, in yeah. her trailer she's crying she wouldn't come out she refused to come out they did not rig her So this guy who's six foot two drags this five foot two woman um, down these stairs, to five takes, and there's no stunt guy who's, you know, controlling it. Wow. You know, and if you apply, the victim does the work. What that means is that you get some simple nylon straps. Mm -hmm. And you figure out how you rig that person's shoulders, uh-huh. or, you know, you can rig them up and then just, so instead of grabbing their head, what you're actually grabbing is the straps. Right, yeah. You don't really, and so, and then I, I would I would pad the stairs if I could. Sure. You know, and I've done that especially in theater, right. because it's really, I mean, in theater, I mean, if you do a long shot, it's the same thing. Right. You know, right. you, you pad the stairs, they paint over it, and it right. looks like wood, Right. you know? Go for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would have done. And I would have, you know, you read the script and then you prep. Right. You know, and you get in there and you pay. And sometimes you don't have enough time. But you've got to make the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it might be a little bit more expensive. But you you were talking, mm-hmm. Rich, about insurance and how important that that's is. That's right. We talked but, too. Yeah.
0: We'll talk that off by two. Well,
2: I was at a meeting with John Crang and, and um, there were a couple of other. Uh, Merle, um, I forget her name, she. she, she it was a stunt mm-hmm. woman for Beyonce and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and we were down in L.A., a Hollywood, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had a bar, and there was a bunch of people who, and Academy Award-winning people, who, who were there at this sort of like conference thing, and they were all on stage talking about their work. and John Craig made the point of saying, you know, as as stunt coordinators, we need to to make sure that we have our insurance in place, sure. you know just as extra, extra coverage, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, um, because people do get hurt. And no matter what your precautions are, something can go, can go wrong. Right.
0: Here's a question mm-hmm. for you, Norman. Mm-hmm. As an actor, and I'll ask as a director as well, I think I know the editor as a director, have you had to do physical stuff or has a director asked you to do things and you were uncomfortable just physical stuff? It's so funny. I
1: pulled off my resume last year that I would do tumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I used to have that handsprings and tumbling. I used to have out on my resume. And I was like, yeah, I ain't done a handspring in, I don't know how long. And, you know, there was a time where, sure, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'll just stretch a little bit and I'll be able to do it. That'll be okay. And now I'm like, no, because if I keep my back now, I don't know how long it'll be before I recover. Yeah. Um, But point being, I used to offer. And now I don't. Now I wait to see if they have a suggestion. If they don't have a suggestion... My number one thing is, how am I going to do this safely? So, yeah, I'm not worried about, you know, accomplishing your amazing idea. I'm worried about how can we do it in a way that is reproducible Mm -hmm. and and is safe. Yeah, that's one of the big terms, reproducible.
0: One one thing that's interesting, I remember doing a production, I'm not going to mention the production, but I read the script. And I didn't see anything that seemed, you know, mm-hmm. extemporaneous. And then all of a sudden I go in and the director's like, hey, I want you to jump on this chair. And you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, that's – I didn't read that in the script. And I wish right. we could have talked about that before I took the job. Right. I had no problem doing it. But I could see any other actor saying yes to a script without being told. Mm-hmm. We have these physical things. So as a director – Do you sort of tell the actors even before they take the script, hey, listen, I just want to preface you?
1: If you know, you should. And, in fact, even for Four Men, we should have, the intimacy stuff, we should have. We should have put that in the audition notice. Yeah. But I think it was in the script. It's in the script. But, I mean, how many people read the script before? Yeah. Yeah before they
0: took like, the roles. Like Like Priya, for example, she I'm sure she knew that as Velvet she would have to do. Well, yeah, I think
1: we used in, in the sides, I think we yeah. used this scene so it was clear that there was a yeah. bedroom scene.
0: And like Kim knew, there was a fight scene mm-hmm. with, with, um, with Richard. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it's the sort of thing that you should let actors know mm-hmm. beforehand or you should let them know at the audition, we're thinking about this, we're considering this, how mm-hmm. are you with that? Yes. Or best we're going to have somebody work with you on this stuff so you don't even have to worry about it. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing you talked about all your training. And I'm thinking, but when you work with these small companies, these people who don't really fully know what they're doing, you end up having to come in and say, this is what you need to do. And how often do they find it hard to take your recommendations?
0: Yeah. like Here's a question, Duran. Do you have to sometimes tell a company, I know what you want to do, but you can't do it. Have you had to say no sometimes?
2: Um I, I want to say yes, that, that I've had to say no. I would, a lot of times what happens is that what we can actually do on stage is dictated by the physicality of the actors, their yeah. abilities, their, their physical ability. Um, yeah. And the, the people m- at most risk are the newbies, the people risk. who are just starting out. Yeah. They're overzealous. They, and and as a, what i as found as a fight guy, especially, or anybody who works in movement, is that we, we really as people who, who coordinate fights and choreograph fights, we have to really be careful to really see what we're looking at, to understand what we're seeing. Because one of the accidents that happened, and I did have an accident. It was I was almost going to quit. Um, a newbie was supposed to be, in my book, was supposed to be called, but the director took it upon himself not to call this particular actor to the rehearsals. And I I went crazy, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't, like, I mean, this is the guy who was hiring me, and he did not leave the rehearsal calls up to me. And that's not good, Mm -hmm. because the newbies really need the rehearsal time. And so did I see one of the actresses, she came back she says, I'm falling off of him. You know, she was supposed to jump on his back. Uh-huh. I, I can't, I, you know, it's throwing it all off. And um, I'm really worried about this. Well, I figured out what went wrong only after the fact. Mm-hmm. He had a real wrench and mm-hmm. a real monkey wrench, mm-hmm. a crescent wrench and a monkey wrench. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to swing and he was supposed to reach out. Mm-hmm. But he, wa- he was a newbie, and he didn't realize that he had to do it exactly the way I did it. Uh-huh. Exactly, you got to do right. it exactly the way. You know. And if you have an issue with that, then you should say, "Dude, I've got an issue with I that." I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. I can't do it, or, or you it know, feels that, that feels weird. You know, yeah. can I do it this way yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Um, and or why are you reaching for it? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm reaching for it because I don't want to go
1: like this. And you this was up in the face. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So what happened was, was that he did not stop. One, two, three, four, stop, five, six, seven, eight, and he didn't stop. And so the woman who was supposed to dismount, dismounted as he was going into the, she grabbed his arm and he pulled it away from her Uh because he got angry at her, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And pull it away. B- into
0: his. Oh no, he stabbed himself in his with mouth. The, with the wrench. Ooh. Like blood blood of the mouth. broke Oof. a tooth. Oof. Oh God. Oof.
2: Yeah. So it happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was the that was the worst, actually the worst accident. Probably the only real big accident. Oh, I had that's Steve.
0: I have two quick questions for you. Um so we did four men in Paris and there's um a couple of scenes. We had intimacy scenes, but there was also a fight scene. And really it just dealt with throwing a cup and it just occurred to me you know, when we deal with fight scenes, not only do you have to deal with the people that you're working with, but also the space, the environment. And sometimes you don't know. Well, you do know the environment that you're going to be in, but you can't work in the environment until you actually move in to load in.
2: Yeah, and you don't even know about where where things are positioned right. a lot of times, yeah. even though they will give you, oh, well, here's, here's. I mean, when I, when I worked with, um, some theater companies, they, they would, you know, the first rehearsal, mm-hmm. you know, the first meeting, they would have, okay, this is the set, and here's a little, floor you know, miniature plan. set, yeah, and really. here's the floor plan, and all that sort of stuff. But still, when you – it's not until you get on the set that you realize, uh-oh, right, yeah, this is going to be an issue. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of my colleagues, um, Richard Lane, who, who wrote a book that I use in my, in my classes, mm-hmm. Richard uh, had to do uh, – Designed fights for on steps, you know that were reminiscent of Italian steps, you know, uh-huh. in in Venice or wherever, right. you know, uh, Verona wherever it may have been, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in Europe, um, They are very famous for the steps. But he had designed a fight for those steps, mm-hmm. and even sword fighting, especially with the rapiers, are hard enough, right? You know, but to do them on steps, so you got to tip your hat too. Mm-hmm. both the yeah. actors and the fight choreographer yeah. were doing that. And that wow. was over at, at Cal Shake's yeah.
0: many, many years ago, d- decades ago. Right? Wow. still. So, very very yeah. cool. So you dealt with fighting, like physical fighting, like you know, manhandling, that sort of stuff. You deal with guns and, of course, weapons. What about intimacy?
2: Well, like I said, when, when we had to do that rape scene over yeah. in Davis, um, I, I prepared a special handout, and I worked. You know, you ask questions. Right. You know, and I do this also, too, it should be done in film. You don't just call and you don't just grope your partner. Right. You know, I don't want to be groped.
1: Right. You
2: know, I, I did a sex scene with a man, and I was supposed to kiss him. I didn't know, you know, if I could get something from him. Not that he was gay. He wasn't gay, but he was a, you know, a former drug user. He was a junkie. Uh-huh. a a junkie. Uh-huh. And um, so at that That's time cool. I did Kissed him anyway.
0: How long, how long? How <laughs> long ago was this?
2: 90 ninety, ninety-one somewhere around there. Okay, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, I. So, one of the things that you you mentioned about jumping on a chair, sure, that's dangerous because that chair yeah. could could flat. Oh, oh you sure, know. Yeah. You know, It's different, you know. If you're Tom Cruise and you're jumping on a sofa. You know, mm-hmm. but, but right. even a sofa, you have to prep. Right. I mean, yeah. I, would, yeah. I would prep that, with, you know, with a piece of plywood underneath to make sure that he doesn't sink. Yeah. Sink. yeah. yeah okay. and, and, and or give the sofa doesn't tip over. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Or the chair, you yeah. know. Yeah. So what I would do is if I didn't. If I had never done it before, I would do it before you jumped on the chair. I would jump on the chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and say, okay, this is how you do it mm-hmm. so that it doesn't fall out from in front of you, doesn't right. fly out from in front of you, yeah. know, mm-hmm. under, you, under you, from under you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, how do you do
0: it? Yeah. So but regarding intimacy, like, um, I'm, I'm sure it's, and I'm sure maybe, you know, I'm, of course you're working with the director to make sure that everyone is comfortable and all that's what of has yeah. We also talked about off-mic trauma. You have to talk to people to find out what physical trauma they may have had beforehand. Right. What can you do? What can't you do? To them. Right. And also psychological trauma. What can trigger you? Right. Do you well, deal with that at all? Yeah. I I, I haven't had too
2: too much um, to worry about in terms of the, the physical trauma. Yeah. But you know my approach and uh, Norman would probably speak to this um, because he, he's worked with me on on, on some fights. Mm-hmm. Um especially with with uh, men and women we've all we've all been traumatized to one extent or another some of us more than others of course and it it had to be a, i would i should think a pretty horrendous uh, trauma
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know a continuous trauma to, to to have something as simple as a grab or you know some of the things that we would do as, as uh, actors in in a scene you know mm-hmm. so basically um, we talk out the, the scene, and any stunt coordinator on a set will say, "Okay, this is what you know. I want to do,
3: right.
2: and how do you feel about this? And this is what I see, and this is how I see it happening." And, and you would walk the actor through it. Right. Okay, we're going to go down this area above the stairs, and we're going to do this and this and this, and he's going to grab you this way. And how do you feel about you know? And they they would come up and say, you know. And, and usually when I when I start a class. I would say, if something's uncomfortable, tell t- And it's also in the handouts. Right. If you're uncomfortable with anything or with any way that somebody touches you, mm-hmm. um, you t- bring it to the stage manager, bring it to the fight coordinator, bring it to the director. Mm-hmm. Don't keep it inside. Um, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it to, right. to re-traumatize yourself or to go through something that is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not necessary to hurt yourself. Or to be, you know, to, to relive a trauma, um, simply because, I mean, sometimes we're not quite aware. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, the 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 process of rolfing. Sure. What happens in rolfing often is that we, we hold a lot of our wounds in our bodies. Right. So when they're doing the rolfing or, or even some some really rigorous types of massage. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we start reliving it in our
0: brain. Right. That's right. We store emotions in, right. our, in our muscles. we feel Yeah, right. yeah. yeah the muscle, well, muscle memory,
2: it yeah. also carries the emotions too. Yeah. So, th- you know, th- those things are, are very real. Yeah. Question. I'm reminded
0: of the story that you told me, Norman. I think you were working with an actress, and there was an emotional scene. Maybe it didn't have anything to do with physicality, and it was just too much for her. She, Do you remember that story? Um, what what came to
1: mind for me was when I did God of Carnage and mm-hmm. I had a wife and we did have a physical scene and the director ended up doing the, the stage. Stage <laughs> Yeah, the combat. <coughs> and so then she would say, so let's go ahead and run this at half speed and this actress just refused. Hmm. She's like, I just want to be real. I don't want to like, I don't want to be fake. And I'm like, oh my God. And so we would have to I would have to be extra careful about how we just prepped it, um, so that when we were in the middle of the scene, so I was always on guard, which is funny, because when we did um, uh, Two Noble Kinsmen, um, we had no problem running our stuff you know, before the show, doing our fight call, and we always worked together. So it was great in the scene, we're having a fight, but the two actors are on the same page and we're working together. In God of Carnage, I always felt like I was in danger. <laughs> Whenever we would do the scene, I was like, I, and I have to keep an eye on her, not the character, on the actress, because you know, she was just so resistant to making sure that it was safe, which mm-hmm. is funny. I think she just didn't get the concept. Yeah. <laughs> if you take the time to make it safe, then in performance you can give everything that you want to it, but you've already created a structure, because mm-hmm. again, it's muscle memory, you're not likely to go too far if you've already kind of programmed yourself that this is as far as you go. Yeah. I, I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have that,
2: um, oh, well, let's just do this for real. No, because you are not Desdemona, and you are not going to be smothered to death or right. choked to death right. by Othello. Right. I'm sorry. Right. You know? And you're not Hamlet, and you're not going to die by a poison sword. So right. get over it. Right. You know? and. Do it safely first and then work up to speed because that will be – and then sell it as an actor. That's your job. Right. You know, we are acting. We are acting the violence. We are not really going through the violence, Mm -hmm. you know, because even, like you were saying, it it can traumatize a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and if you didn't have the trauma – by the end of the scene with Norman G, you will be traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you know really? because according to her, that's the what, what she was saying. Do I it for mean, real? Are you yeah, kidding me? Okay. But, oh, I got a story. I've got a story for you. Okay. There, there was I was working in the South Bay on on the on the west side of the peninsula, not on the east side of the peninsula. Mm-hmm. And can you name um, the theater company? Or no. I can name the theater company, but it didn't happen at the theater company. But I was working at the Para Theater, yeah. and one of the actors oh. was telling me this story. And he said, well, you know, I was working with this one fight guy down in uh, San Jose, and uh, we got to a point where uh, there was a slap on the face. And I was supposed to slap this other actor. Now, the guy, the, the actor that I was telling me, who's telling me the story, he's right. six foot two.
1: right.
2: If he slaps you for real, mm-hmm. you're going to feel it. Right. So the stunt coordinator says, the fight coordinator says, ah, just slap him. He's a guy, he can take it. Oh, no. 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 <laughs>
3: no.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Because as, and if you go onto WOC's website,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you will you see in black and white, no uncertain terms, that contact slaps have sent more people to the hospital. Then all the stage combat techniques combined. Mm-hmm. And people go, yeah, and, and they go, you, you can poke out somebody's <laughs> eye, you can scratch their face. Mm-hmm. You can get a jaw you, out of a line. With well, this, what happened was, was that um, apparently the slap was was uh, that kind of a, mm-hmm. intensity mm-hmm. that the actor anticipated. Right. And he changed the target. Right. So if you're here and you're supposed to be slapped here, mm-hmm. watch what happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you hit, get the ear. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. Blew out his ear. He went to the hospital after the show. He never told uh, my right. actor friend what had happened to him. Right. And until the end of the show. And at the end of the show, he said, well, you know, so-and-so, when you slapped me that time, you know, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. you popped out my eardrum. Yeah. You, you, you know, hurt uh, my. I uh, went hurt. to the hospital afterwards. Uh-huh. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to get you inhibited. Right. But the stunt coordinator, the the, the fight choreographer, should have said. Mm-hmm. And and that after that, I, I designed another handout. Uh-huh. This if you absolutely must, and I actually did, right. Because I work with PUS uh-huh. Which is performers under stress.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah at Bindle Stiff, and they said well. There's, the way he had a stage, there was no way to, to mask it. Right. But they had two sets of actors. We had to have contact straps. Right. So I, I made a special thing. This is how you do it. You prep it always in the same place. You stand always in the same place. Right. You cannot vary it. Right. You cannot move the target. Right. Keep the target where it is. Eighteen slaps a night. Damn. Eighteen slaps. And you have to slap a left hand. You have to slap a right hand. Right. Oh. yeah. So, um, and there was no way to mask it. Right. It just, just the way there, there was. It, it was like mm-hmm. almost three quarter thrust. So you had somebody right. here and you Well, sort of, sort of like you know, in burial clay theater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you know, where you're like almost in surround zone. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, and you target, and it yeah. has a lot to do with targeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you you find the cheekbone on your partner. And then you caress the partner until you get to that point right. where you can actually. Yeah. And yeah. you do it on yourself first and say, okay, that hurts. Okay, I'm not going to do anything harder right. than that. Yeah. And then it's a whole process, step by step, yeah. of how to do it. And that's only when I'm under duress, when there's absolutely no other way of, of handling mm-hmm. a contact strike. Yeah. You know, Because, you know, contact strikes, y- you can do contact strikes. There aren't slaps that right. are simple, you know, punches to the right, the midsection, and yeah. you know, to, to mm-hmm. uh, muscle mass to the abs, right, you know, those are uh, pretty much safe if the person has a proper body mass.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. One quick question because we're, we're at the one-hour mark. Yeah. How is Bay Area theater treating you? I mean, I know that you work in LA and all that sort of stuff, but are you getting the most out of Bay Area? Because you've seen the Bay Area theater from the '70s yeah. all yeah. up to now. Yeah.
2: Probably the, the Bay Area is um, its a kind of a theater mecca in terms of the amount of theater that is being done here. Mm-hmm. There's tremendous amounts of theater being done here. Most of it is non-paying, unfortunately. And those that do pay often forget to pay, fight choreographers. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, right. uh, and as yes, you know, Norman, unless mm-hmm. you're
1: equity, they're not going to pay you very much. Yeah, you know, My wife and I just had a weird conversation about that because um, <laughs> I'm up for a perthella. Apparently. And I just got an email this week saying, well, we haven't finished casting, um, and you are still in consideration. um, But also realize that I'm balancing out my equity contracts. So my wife said, wait a minute. So that means there are times when there are roles, you know, there are jobs that you don't get. I said, yeah, I'd say more often than not, there are jobs that I don't get. get, There are more jobs that I don't get because I'm equity than that I actually get. But I said that the majority of those are jobs where they either don't pay or it's not a role where I really care, you know, that exactly. much about not getting it. She said, but then there are roles like this where you really want it. And I'm like, there are, and I do really want it. But if they can't afford to pay me, and more than the pay with me, it's equities um, standards, equities rules and regulations that I love. I just got the contract for Everyday Alice. And I love reading through that. One of the first things, it's like in the first three list things in the contract, it says more remunerative employment. We understand that if you get offered something else, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. We understand. And I'm like, that's what i
2: you
0: know.
1: Well, that's what I appreciate. Well, you have a, the, your fellow voice, I think. I, you know, yeah. that would really be I fantastic.
0: I'd love to see you as a fellow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: I'd love to see me as a fellow. <laughs> yeah, you've, got, you've got that voice. What, what company is this? Uh, Livermore Shakes. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. And it's so funny. These are the sorts of things where like, I wouldn't put this out normally, but I'm like, you know what? Just be, just, you know. I enjoyed the audition. Yep. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the process. I would love to work with that company again, mm-hmm. um, and it's outdoors. Oh Ooh. man! Ooh. Well, it's outdoors and the present. They're apparently going to change venues after this season, mm-hmm. but right now they, they've been doing wineries the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they've got the audience configured, it's pretty much 360 degrees. Like there is really yeah, no, no color. color. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Um, I went to see the show last summer, and they had a couple of walkways and a couple of staircases up to mm-hmm. this raised platform. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and so the walk, and I know, I've been doing this long enough, I know what this is. So if you're center, if you're on the platform, then you have to just keep moving. You can't keep one, you can't keep one point of focus. If you get on the walkway, you can't act in the middle of the walkway. You either need to be about to approach the walkway or get to the other end of the walkway. But when you're in the middle, you're sort of trapped. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it really affects what you can and can't do. So I already know these things. So that was part of the audition was they said, so recognize that you're going to have audience over here and over here, so play to those sides. <laughs> and yeah. I immediately did. And they said, okay, um, now bring it back center. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. You, ha- how well do I take direction? hopefully I yeah. take direction very well. well
0: I'm laughing <laughs> because we, you mentioned this. you are ec- echoing what we talked about in Four Men in Paris. Oh, yes. You know,
1: I. was I enjoy it. as a, There are t- times I enjoy torturing actors. Um, because what I know what I'm trying to do is set up something for the audience. I'm trying to set up a relationship that the audience is going to see. And I sometimes it's useful for the actor to know that, but sometimes it's better for them to stay in character, focused on what they're doing, and to have a clear intention. Mm-hmm. So I'll focus on that. And yeah, these poor actors. I was just spinning them and spinning them and spinning them, like literally making them play yeah. almost. Duran, you worked yeah. at
0: the Douglas Morrison Theater, have you? I oh, have not. Okay, no, um, no, <clears no. <clears <throat> no.
1: but it's but a slight thrust, um, and they cover up their orchestra pit, so you really get
0: into the audience. Yeah, once you're downstairs, yeah, awesome. you have three. Uh, you have audiences in three different three yeah. areas.
2: I, I haven't pushed myself a lot. I mean, one of the reasons I, I, I got my MBA was because I, I wasn't doing enough fight work. I mm-hmm. wasn't doing the fight work, and I wasn't doing enough acting work mm-hmm. to make it, uh, to, to survive. Right. So, I th- and because I saw a need also, too, locally for producers, and uh, you know, people. I met a lot of young people who are certainly younger than me, um, mm. uh, who, who are going into film uh, and even doing theater, and, and they don't know how to raise money, they don't know what's necessary in order in order to to be really effective as mm-hmm. a film a film filmmaker, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and and if they do, they don't know how to get it. You know, where do you get your first aid? Where, where do you get your sound person and your costume person?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and a lot of times they'll hire their friends, and and, it, and I've been on so many, and I don't.
0: I hear you yeah. I hear you yeah well you're finding out a lot of work you do you're traveling <laughs> about theater and also film and you know you're you do such a wide variety of things you know the fight coordinating and you know you have your uh, you have a production company and you know I do now yeah, yeah. Re-
2: I'm really going forward with that and I interviewed uh, Justin chin as, um, as as my first director for a, mm-hmm. a series that I'm, I'm, I'm working on I, I hope you, you know, know um, that Chinatown Noir will, will, will actually be picked up by someone, whether it's Netflix or, or you know, one of the, the major networks. I, mm-hmm. That would be ideal, but I haven't pitched it yet, and I, I've only gotten 36 pages in, in a, a series Bible. So I've prepared a Bible
3: mm-hmm.
2: for it. Um, it has a female lead, and it has a multicultural cast, which is always indicative of the kind of work that I do mm-hmm. since I was very young. But... But I am not a, a liberal, uh, you know. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I'm I'm not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on the. Yes, you may know. I, I don't know if you know this, but in the '70s, I, I created the first trilingual magazine ever published in the United States, English, Spanish, and Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really, it, in my it, in my research, it reflected the the major languages and cultures that were um, happening in San Francisco and still right. to this day are yeah. happening in San Francisco. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I knew Antozaki Shange and Alejandro Borghia mm-hmm. and uh, Hector Cruz and a lot of people that were poets at that time, um, moving and shaking. And, and I, I, I worked with the small press companies, many, many of them, you know, Barbara Zerlip's company and David Plum's company. Um, and I think we even did something for Isthmus, which was Turtle Island, huh. uh-huh. um, you know. So and uh, there, the uh, um, so th- that was something that was all part of me, but it's been co-opted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, socialism, communism doesn't work. If you look, I was looking at your Theater Magazine. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, you know, and R.G. Davis are talking about <laughs> communism, and well, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's Lenin's and there's uh, Tolstoy and there's mm-hmm. Trotsky and there's this and there's that and there's Mao and Mao, Mao criticized Lenin and all that. I go, oh, please. <laughs> I mean, this is like the Reformation. I mean, everybody's got their their thing going on. Mm-hmm. So, it has already been proven it doesn't work. How many millions of people, tens of millions of people have to be yeah. destroyed by this. Although I'm, I'm surprised at Cuba, you know, Cuba's so Cuba, uh, it, but even know. then, I mean, I, I went to school with a guy who said, Oh, che, he murdered Furt. farmers. If they wouldn't give him what he wanted, Yeah, dead. Surgery, so do yeah. the ends justify the means? Uh-huh. You, you just, the killing of innocents, we have to, I think we can all agree, there are some things that are intrinsically evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and killing of innocence will always be a yeah. um, okay. evil no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's do shout outs. Uh, sure. birthdays
1: um, And so I, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I did, I'm being a good boy about um, mm-hmm. making a list, making my list and checking it twice. Um, but now, oh, I have it in a simple place. Yes. Yeah. See that Othello boy is yeah, going exactly. on. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, Daniel Kane, mm-hmm. Greg Bryan, Rich Sargent, Christian Muir, Daniel Levin, Barry Graves, and Taylor Valentine. Um, and these are, I um, uh, mentioned them last week, mm-hmm. but um, you know, just trying to get this out, so I'm actually posting it on our Facebook page. Yeah, I
0: think you got some sort of response, too, didn't you?
1: I didn't look this morning. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but Barry said he was gonna let us know what, what his project is, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let me we'll know. We're gonna
0: get, get him in the chair. Yeah.
1: yeah, so those are the happy birthdays for this week. Happy okay. birthday.
0: So uh, you took Barry Graves uh-huh. um, also um, on I know Barry. Sunday. You know Barry Graves? Yeah. Yeah. He was our Richard Wright. Now I think you may see a picture of him right there. Foreman in Paris, you see him? Yeah,
1: he's right in the middle. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, On Sunday tomorrow, uh, Tacey DeCaney Marshall, uh, an actress I've worked with uh, a long time, I I can't remember this show, but uh, she's a fantastic actress, I remember her spirit, you know, she was a very lively actress, and um, so her birthday is a Sunday, we mentioned Barry, his birthday is Wednesday, he was our Richard Wright, also a... um, a high school classmate of mine in the theater department, she's actually teaching theater at Duke Ellington School of the Arts, Priscilla Precious Porter. Hmm. Uh, I still remember um, she did a monologue, Lady Macbeth, Out Damn Spot, I still remember that. So Precious, if you're listening, you know, happy birthday to you. Thursday, another Ellen's Night, Monica Baker-Pena. She's another great actress. Also, Lamont Rigel. I'm surprised you didn't uh, mention him. Mm-mm. He... Did a reading uh, for Foreman in Paris. He was uh, our, uh James Baldwin. Uh, but he's been around, and he was also in... Um off-Broadway West's version of uh, Master Harold and the Boys. Uh, uh, right,
2: that's, that's who I remember seeing him. Lamont. Yeah, Lamont. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Lamont's a fantastic yeah. actor. Yeah. and uh, That was a wonderful he, production. That it was.
0: It was fantastic, and a fantastic production. That. You can say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, Noel Katz. Noel Katz is someone who uh, I... This takes me back to when I was a stage manager in New York, when I was still in school at NYU. He was a composer for the Third Step Theater Company and what's, fa- what's fascinating about Noel is that, so when I did Nia, this was last year, no, I'm sorry, the year, in 2017, I did a musical, a right. musical cafe, Nia. And an, uh, a woman said, um, may I speak to Reg Clay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm Reg Clay. It's like, do you know Noel Katz? I'm like, wow, that's like 25 years ago. It's like, well, uh-huh. yes, but they were in, they were promoting the musical cafe in me and i saw your name and he saw your name and he remembers you from 25 years ago oh God, so it's, ama- awesome. it's amazing yeah. how the tapestry of theater mm-hmm. stays connected If yeah, yeah, you yeah. haven't met and, you know so in any case no his birthday is on thursday and on friday jennifer medeiros i'm probably butchering their last name medeiros, medeiros. yeah medeiros. i think so yeah, medeiros. Oh, okay. she yeah. was an actress she and i shared the stage at the dmt for candide Yes. And she's a cancer survivor. So um, I'm very happy to know that she's alive and well. And yes. is celebrating another year. And that, those are my birthdays.
1: Uh, well, the only show, it seems like shows are wrapping up right now. There's a Time for Hawking, is still going on at um, mm-hmm. the Women's and That Club. ends tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, also, and also, um, I see stage readings, short plays by Lori Parks and Lashoff. Yeah, I'm like saying
1: that, but I'm not sure exactly
0: yeah.
2: what they're doing. Did you guys do anything on Entosaki uh, Shange, when she died?
1: Um, I think we told you when it happened, uh-huh. but um, the um, the production of um, for Color Girls was happening in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. And F Carter after F- reshoots. F- so yeah. yeah, we we were definitely talking about it when yeah. it was happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stage reading, short plays by Laurie Parks and Lashoff. Uh, that's at the Actors Ensemble of Berkeley. Uh, I think that's happening Monday. Uh, at the Live Oak oh. Theater. So that's that. Mm-hmm. And also, I've been promoting for a while a um, history of World War II at the Marsh Theater. Uh, John Fisher, who runs Theater Rhino, he's, does, he's doing a one-man show. So that's still going on at the Marsh. That'll end on February the 2nd.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's it. That's all that I have. Yeah, that's um, it. it. Uh, Durant, do you want to uh, promote something of yours? Um, I would just like
2: to say that I, I will probably be working with Barry Graves, uh, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. he, he did give me a call um, well, while I was in L.A. Yeah, uh, he needed a knife, yeah. and I couldn't find it, but um, I, I hope to be working with him as a producer on mm-hmm. um, in, in one of his
0: projects. So wow, it's a long. small world. Because yeah, yeah, I know that Barry, he's been talking about, He, I think he's friends with Boots Riley, so he has connections. Right. and. Mm-hmm. I know he's got all sorts of, uh, of ideas, so it's fantastic. Yeah, he's, got, a, he's a writer.
2: He writes a lot. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: cool. yeah. So in any case, um, Duran, did you have a good time?
2: I did. I was. I am so impressed. You guys are fantastic. Uh, I just, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on the radio or doing any kind of, like, podcasting for many years. Yeah, I think the last time I was on TBFA... Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And that was uh, several years ago mm-hmm. with Nina Serrano, mm-hmm. whose book I actually helped uh, publish. I actually helped the d- design of oh, uh, her, 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 her book of poetry. You were a multi-television <laughs> man.
0: Yes, you are. <laughs> small press publisher yeah. from back in the day. So here is my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. If you're an old stogie like me, you're probably listening to podcasts on your laptop or desktop. You can just go on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, go on store, search on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for the yay You can find us. If for Android users like Durand... You can uh, just do- go on SoundCloud.com <laughs> and download the SoundCloud app, and you can find us uh, the YAY. The YAY was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show, you want to advertise, or you just want to advertise yourself, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Durand, uh, do you have a um, um, website? You, uh, or I, I have a Facebook. And yes, so so under Duran Garcia. Okay. I
2: hope I'm the only Duran Garcia that's (laughs) just Duran Garcia. (laughs) Yeah. But but you don't do Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. I I do not. Not yet. Okay. That's coming up. Do you have a personal uh, website? I do not. And you that's guys, one of the things I go I'll be working on yeah. as a producer. I'll
0: but you're also on LinkedIn, so I will get put in the link. Yes, I thing. definitely yeah. have LinkedIn. For those who are looking for a great actor and a great fight coordinator, yes. I yes. highly recommend Duran yes. Garcia. Thank and so and please pay him. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no be like these other theater companies. And we've got yeah, to find a better sign off and we, uh,